is letting people commit crimes a form of reparations? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. Slate Money is talking about housing. They mentioned the golden handcuffs of a low mortgage rate. Which, and I don't know, their example is like, you know, say you have a million dollar house with a 30 year mortgage at two and a half percent. And you want to move to the next town over and you want to sell your million dollar house and buy a different million dollar house. The amount you pay per month to get the same, you know, to get to end up with the same result, which is owning a million dollar house, uh, it may double with the higher mortgage rates we have now. And then when mortgage rates go up, house prices are supposed to go down, but uh, they got an expert on. He's saying it takes 12 to 24 months before that happens. Because unless, you know, I guess, in, you remember the, two, the crash of 2007 when everyone got foreclosed on, they had to leave their houses, but it's not like that today. And so people are like, well, I could sell my house right now and it would be terrible or I could just keep living here and it would be fine. And so that's why it's sticky. It keeps going on for a while and takes a while to change, 12 to 24 months. And I'm sure it goes country by country, but I know over in Europe, they don't do like a 30-year fixed rates like we do. Like, for instance, Britain, I think you can get a three to five years. I think that's, you get mortgages of three, three, four, or five years long, length. And, you know, blame Putin, blame China, whatever, blame COVID, whatever you want to do. But a lot of people in Britain are about to have to refinance, and their interest rates are, you know, they make America look like nothing. And then someone was saying, if, if Russia shoots a nuke at Ukraine, then no one is going to want to loan money to any European country. They're like, uh, you're too close to the nukes. We ain't giving you no money. You might not pay it back. You might be nuked. So I think, I think most Americans don't give a shit, but I'm watching the financial crisis situation over in Europe. It's going to be interesting. Some lady, I think she's the head of the Los Angeles City Council. People are c- calling her racist because... They recorded a phone call between her and I think some other city council members and a labor representative of some sort, and they're all Hispanic. And apparently one of the city council members is a gay white man, but he's got an adopted black son who's pretty small. And she was talking about how the dad does not keep control of the kid, and the kid is like bouncing off the walls and being disruptive and running amok. And then in Spanish, she called him a little monkey. And, you know, I think the people that she was talking to, they didn't, they didn't call him a little monkey or something, but they were being criticized. I think one of them has already resigned. Everyone wants him to resign because um, they didn't jump in and say, you can't call that kid a little monkey. And then she also said something racist, you know, in quotes racist about um, people who are more mestizo. Because, you know, like the Hispanics are usually part white DNA, part, well, sometimes part black DNA, and then, but at least in Mexico, um, part mestizo DNA. That's like, you know, the natives. It's like the Native Americans from Mexico. And she's like, there's a lot of short brown people around or something. I wish I could remember what she said. She called them Oaxacan, I want to say Jews. It wasn't Jews. They weren't Oaxacan Jews, but they were like Oaxacan. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be trying to make up a racial slur on a, on the get-go here, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm thinking like Oaxacan Chink or Oaxacan Wop or Oaxacan Dago, something like that. 
Anyways, I think the lady, she stepped down from being the head of the city council. I think in L.A., the city council is a pretty big deal. And then she took a leave of absence. Like, people are calling for her head, um, but she hasn't left yet. And it's been a pretty big news story. Like, I don't know, my news podcast have mentioned it. And also, I think, like, the you know national nightly news have run segments on it. I think everyone wants to say little monkey. But, you know, you can't say that normally. But you're like, that evil lady over there said little monkey. And then you're like, ha ha, I gotcha. I got to say little monkey. And it makes me think of some roommates I had. They had a daughter who was, I don't know, about four. And anyways, they called her monkey. But she was blonde. And also a white person. You know, so if a kid is bouncing off the walls, I think it's not that rare to call them monkey. But I guess if they're black, you better look the fuck out. Yeah, I guess this is it's, they're trying to cancel her. We'll see. Like I say, one of the guys already resigned, and he just listened to her say it. And then I watched a video of them like trying to do their city council thing, and people were coming in there and like, you need to resign, you piece of shit, yelling all sorts of F-bombs at him. And there's a cop standing there going, I don't know what to do. I don't know. It sounds like maybe you can just go to the L.A. city council meetings and just yell at them just all the curse words you want. That'd be kind of fun. And I guess what's interesting is that, you know, so we know that white people can be racist against black people. I mean, you know, the media likes to bonk you over the head with it, especially if they can get a, get a race hoax that they can use for a few weeks before you find out it's a hoax and, you know, memory hole it. But this is the biggest story of Hispanics being called racist that I can think of, I don't know, maybe period. And so it's just something that's going to be interesting to follow because... Like I say, normally there's only one kind of racism. That's white on black. But now if you say there are, you know, like, actually, you know what? There's, there is, there's more than one kind of racism. There's also Hispanic on black. And then that's going to make, you know, that's going to be make people go like, huh, oh, you said there's only one kind. And now you're telling me there's two. Uh, are you going to say there's a third kind at some point? And, you know, I've talked about it before, but Trump called COVID the China virus. And then all the media got together and said, there's all these hate crimes against Asians because of what Trump said. And then, you know, the videos all come out and it's like a black person attaching, attacking an Asian person. And I think the media successfully pulled the wool over everyone's eyes and they're like, oh, no, don't watch that video. That's not that's not how it is. It's actually white people doing it. So I think America still currently believes that hate crimes against Asians are by white people. But anyways, black on Asian, that would be a pretty easy one to add to the list. I mean, I guess the next one on the list will be Asian on black. And then maybe we'll have to learn about Pacific Islanders being racist against blacks. Anyways, and then finally after that, we'll get black on Asian. And then look the fuck out after that. Because it turns out that every race can be racist against every other race. And in fact, the poor, you know, the more uh, social dysfunction you have in your community, the more racism you have. So you can just let your mind wander and think of which races and which communities have social dysfunction. But let me tell you right now, those are the most racist. And, you know, and then finally we'll get after, you know, so we get get through to that. Every race can be racist against every other race. And then we'll get to the point where we're like, oh, black people are being racist against other black people. People already say that one sometimes. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to finally lead to the one that this 
anti-woke podcaster wants people to realize the most, which is that whites can be racist against whites, because that is the number one racism in America today. I said a few more things interesting about housing. Like, how do you make housing prices go down besides, you know, giant recessions and whatnot? So there's a theory that if you build, like, giant condos in a neighborhood, then obviously those brand new condos are going to be expensive, but that will suck up people from the housing around them who move into the condos, and that makes the housing that, you know, the existing housing that's left there uh, cheaper, possibly. And the answer is, that's not true. It doesn't make it go up a ton, but it doesn't make it any cheaper. And then kind of like, what about going out into the suburbs, you know, maybe a nice neighborhood and building apartment complexes? You know, that'll be uh, affordable housing, right? And the answer is, it doesn't end up cheap. It doesn't, anyway, it doesn't make any anything cheaper. But what it does do is that, I imagine these are immigrants, but anyways... The people who go live in those uh, apartment complexes have kids and schools pay for schools are paid for with property value taxes and all these new apartments they're not worth as much as it costs to put a kid through school so basically apartment buildings um, again they don't lower the price of the housing around them I guess if you can build an apartment building for cheap which you probably can't, that would be some cheap housing. But what it does is it puts stress on the city budget to pay for kids. And, you know, I mean, basically, they were trying to figure out what is a way to get cheap housing. The answer is there is no way. You know, I would say massive crime, wa- crime waves, that'll do it. And then the most interesting question was, what about all the baby, baby boomers dying? And so I think this is going to depend on where you live. But if you live in a place, if you live in a place that other people want to live, that people are moving to, what happens when the baby boomers die is that their house is old, you know, and, and it's on it's on a nice piece of land. It's on a nice piece of land in a you know nice suburb or a nice city or whatever. And when the baby boomers die, what you do is you go in and you just tear down the house because it's an old ass house and just modern standards. It doesn't cut it, and so. As the baby boomers die, at least in any part of the country that you'd ever want to live in, it's like all of a sudden they die and then there is no house there. It's not like, oh, here's an extra house because the owners died. It's like some people died and now there's an em- empty lot. And so, you know, building houses is expensive, so that is also not going to work that well. And, you know, like on the other hand, if you live in some shithole place that no one wants to live, and someone dies, I guess you can get the house cheap. But I mean, you can already get houses cheap in places that no one wants to live because no one wants to live there. The latest Fifth Column podcast is talking about crime in America. And there's some interesting things going on. I previously mentioned that uh, the Wisconsin Senate race, the ads are all about crime. The Republican is trying to associate the Democrat with defund the police, basically. I I don't think he ever said that, but he said uh, he wants to get rid of this, you know, bail, cash bail. And I think, you know, New York City, a number of places have gotten rid of cash bail, and it's been a disaster because it's just, you commit a violent crime, and then you're back on the street the same day. Like, basically, you know, people are calling it racist, but... um, it turns out that a good way to tell if someone's going to go commit another crime is whether or not they're broke. Like, crime doesn't pay, so 
You know, if you if if you're a normally upstanding citizen with a job, and you commit a crime one time, well, you know what? It's probably okay to let you go. You can you know, and the way you know that is because you got money. And then if you're a homeless person who's constantly assaulting people, then you know you ain't got no money. That kind of crime does not pay. You ain't got no money. So it's a good metric. Whether or not you have money is a good metric, it turns out, for whether or not you will go commit another crime. And I guess in Portland, uh, some sort of defund the police, BLM, something or other organization got together and bailed out a black man. Because, whatever, because holding a black man in jail is racist. Anyways, and then he... uh, he got out and he killed the woman that he's been meaning to kill for a while. You know, I think he, I think amongst his long history of violent crimes was domestic violence. And then the governor's race in New York is heating up. I mean, New York is a very liberal place normally because it's a city. You know, cities are liberal, rural places are uh, conservative, and New York City dominates the state, obviously. And so the Democrat candidate for governor should just walk away with it, but it's been tightening up because of crime. And the Republican guy, who should have no chance to win at all, he's, he's actually been getting lucky with some weird crimes. I mean, I don't know, I think if you lived in New York, you'd hear about it more. But, the, yeah, the Republican guy, he was, he was attacked, he was like giving a speech and someone ran up on stage and attacked him with a... It looked like people thought it was a knife. It wasn't a knife. I don't know if it was like brass knuckles or some sort of self-defense keychain, something weird. And then that guy was arrested and then let out, I believe, on no cash bail the same day. So it kind of it made the Democrat look bad because she was like that person. I think she tweeted out, you know, that person needs to be whatever sent to prison or something. And, you know, and then a couple hours after that, he was let out. She probably said something more like, I don't condone violence or whatever. But then the other day, for some reason, I don't know, I'd like to know more about this story. Two men shot each other in in front of the house of the Republican candidate. I don't believe it had anything to do with him. I don't imagine he lives in the bad neighborhood. I don't know. But anyways, someone even said you know, maybe one of them went on his porch. I I don't know. Just some crazy... Whatever, the, just the crime stuff keeps happening serendipitously for the Republican candidate for New York governor. And he probably, you know, I think he's still not favored to win, but but you never know now. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe someone will commit another crime near him or to him. And the New York Times, they told the truth on something recently, but anyways, they've been... But still, you know, for every... Anyways, they, they gave the correct impression with their reporting on something that was interesting recently, but other than that, they've been putting out a whole bunch of horseshit, you know, to give people the, the false impression, or the wrong impression, so that they're more likely to vote Democrat. I mean, the media right now is, the elections are coming, so the media's like, if there's ever a time to lie and, you know, spread misinformation and withhold evidence, blah, blah, now's the time. But so the New York Times did an article, I guess, reporting on crime on Fox News is way up i don't know how much and you know if you're a good reporter i guess then you know you don't just give the facts you want to have a little story to illustrate your article and so a fox reporter named giano caldwell apparently ran up to um 
Nadler, he's just a he's a New York uh, Democrat uh, politician. Ran up to him, you know, stuck a mic- microphone in his face, and was like, "What what do you have to say about all this increased crime in New York?" And obviously, the guy had no comment. But that was their example of how Fox News is going crazy with their crime reporting. You know, this is it's trying to scare you know it's racist. It's racist to talk about crime. You're trying to scare whites using black people. That's the idea. But it's kind of funny. So the article the article doesn't mention that Giano is a black man. I don't know why he has an Italian name, but he does. I mean, as soon as I heard that, I went and looked him up. I'm like, oh yeah, a black guy. Gotcha. But I think you know the New York Times is, Times is trying to give you the impression that it was a white person who ran up. It was a white man who was a reporter for Fox News. And then I don't I didn't hear about this, but apparently it's pretty famous that Giano's brother was murdered in Chicago. You know, it was one of those black-on-black murderers that Chicago is so famous for. And so the New York Times leaves that out also, because then it'd be like, oh, that's why the Fox News guy is like, hey, what's up with murder, buddy? My brother just got murdered. And I think the the Times, they did another article, was talking about crime. And you definitely hear this. I definitely hear this. But um, like the if you're talking about crime, if you want the Democrats to win, you don't give a damn about the truth, and you want to talk about crime... Because there's so much of it, and eventually you got to talk about it. What you say is like, you know, oh, there was a thousand murders, which is not as much as there was in 1991. And so the fifth column guys are like, whatever. One of them was talking to his friend, and they were uh, texting each other back and forth. Every time they saw a phrase, it was like, you know, here's the crime numbers, which is not as much as it was in the early 90s, or is not as much as it was in 1991. And he's like, is this boilerplate? Is this, is, this, is this a sentence that you just stick in? You know, everywhere, every time you have a crime statistic, you just throw in the, you know, semicolon, which is not as much as the early 90s. You know, which, you know, what it really is, is semicolon, if you think crime is a problem, you're a racist. And then some government agency came out with a statistic. They're like, crime is way down in America. I don't know if it's the DOJ or who. But I don't know why, leftover from the pandemic or because they're switching different ways of accounting for crime or something. But anyways, it, whatever, it did not include the big cities. So you got the big headline, crime is way down, again, you fucking racist. And then, you know, the fine print, if if they tell you at all, is that, oh, and we're not talking about any of the big cities. They've been completely excluded from from the accounting right now. All right, I remembered what the New York Times told the truth about. So there's some fancy park, I think in Brooklyn, where everyone around it is rich and woke. And there's a black man who hangs out in the park and is aggressive and assaults people. And I guess it's just it's just a known fact. Like, you know, oh, there's that guy, you know, stay away from him. And so he assaulted a woman, maybe not that bad, but... She had a dog, and somehow the dog died, was murdered by the guy. Like, he broke the dog's jaw, but then the, you know, these are rich people, so she got the jaw fixed, but then the dog got sepsis, died, you know, blood poisoning or something. I don't know. Dog's dead. And then I believe the website is called Nextdoor. Boy, I'm not sure, but I have a buddy who uses it. Um, You can talk about local stuff. I need to check out this website. But the Times article 
is all about how all the people who live in this woke neighborhood, woke rich neighborhood, um, they were trying to figure out what do you do? Because, you know, I think some people are like, you know what, we need to call the cops. And then, boom, you got hammered with, that's racist. Haven't you heard of, you know, hundreds of years of oppression? It's not his fault. We can't involve the authorities. That's just more oppression. I mean, it's kind of funny. I feel like, you know, if it's a white person versus a black person, obviously America is going to be like, fuck the white person. But I feel like if it's a person versus a dog, you're supposed to say, fuck the person. But... Apparently, if it's a black person, I guess a black person is more deserving of compassion than a dog. You know, it's probably just something happened after George Floyd. And so, I don't know, apparently it's a great article. I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to pay for nothing. Um, but apparently, you know, it's the, the question is, what do you do if a black person murders a dog, but you're woke? You're in a pickle. You're stuck between first base and second base, and they're throwing the ball back and forth as you are running, trying to beat the ball. You're in a pickle. I like this analogy of a pickle. Hopefully you guys have... No, I mean, I don't know nothing about baseball myself, so I think even non-baseball fans know pickles. So I guess in this analogy, the first base person, the first baseman and the second baseman, those are don't be mean to black people. And then the person going back and forth in the middle is don't be mean to dogs. I was listening to the most recent Hacks on Tap uh, podcast. It's a really good political podcast. And they were talking about how Trump is kind of barnstorming the purple states. And he puts on like a show. It's kind of like the USO. Like think of um, like, you know, Bob Hope used to have like pretty girls and comedians and celebrities. And they would go put on a show for the army people and so trump is doing that it's not just him i guess marjorie taylor green if you heard of her she's a whatever she's a entertaining kind of wingnut house of representatives rep and they played a clip of her and she's she's talking about replacement they're trying to replace you like she's just straight up saying it like that's considered racist uh whatever she's leaning into it she says screw you and then also tommy tuberville he used to be the coach of Auburn University down in Alabama. It's a pretty famous, pretty famous football school, and he was a coach. And now he's a senator, so he also is going along with them, saying some, you know, well, whatever. Hacks on Tap is like that's racist, and they played a quote. I was gonna, I was gonna try and come up with this clip, but I, I don't think I'm gonna bother. But he's a pretty fiery orator, and he said something like, "The Democrats." are going to let black people, and I don't think he says black, but the Democrats are letting people commit crimes, and that's their form of reparations. And it just made me think about that, and, you know, sometimes the truth is racist. Um, You know, so what's the truth in that? I mean, basically, there's this movement in America, on the left, Democrats, whatever, uh, to let criminals go. You know, don't be mean to criminals. And this, you know, this ain't someone caught with a joint. You know, it's like, don't be mean to people who just get caught with a joint. Uh, We're way beyond that. Now it's like, don't be mean to people who just committed manslaughter. And then why would that be reparations? It's because people on the left don't want to be nice to white criminals. You know, it's it's because a lot of a lot of the disproportionate amount of the criminals are black, and so they're like, okay, we need to be nicer to the we need to be nice to those people. And you know, it's pure racial 
reasoning, racial bias, whatever. And so, I don't know, is that a form of reparations? You can kind of say that, like, you know, being extra nice to black people for any reason can be thrown into the category of a form of reparations. You know, you could have many forms. I mean, you know, money talks, bullshit walks, time is money, all those things. It's, it, it's like money. You know, I'm going to let you out. Therefore, I will give you time. That's like giving you money. Uh, there you go. That's like reparations. So, anyways, I thought that was an interesting idea. And I, and I think it's kind of true. And I guess Hacks on Tap would say that me thinking that it's kind of true is racist. And then Trump is still saying the election was stolen. You know, I, I think he talks for like two hours, I think they were saying. And so, you know, the part where he says the election was stolen is only a few minutes of the two hours. But anyways, when the media reports on it, I mean, basically that's, that's the only part that matters. You know, did he, did he say the election was stolen? Okay, there's the summary of his speech. And so the question is, is this going to, like, make Republicans lose? Republicans that were going to win because no one likes Biden, are they going to lose because Donald Trump is doing this stuff? And I think we're about 27 days away from finding out. No one knows. But I think maybe I already, t- I already talked about her. But anyway, Carrie Lake, she's the uh, Republican candidate for governor in Arizona. And she is... Pretty, I don't know, I've been watching some videos of her, listening to her stuff on podcasts, and, uh, like, she is an amazing politician. Like, the Democratic candidate for governor in Arizona uh, has refused to debate her, because she's like, I'm going to get creamed. This Carrie Lake lady is just too, um, too good with words. And so, again, we'll just have to wait and see, but it may be that people are like, oh, that lady's a coward. You know, am I, am I, am I going to vote for the coward who wouldn't even face her opponent? I think she said, oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to do, to do a debate. I don't know. She could change her mind. We got, it. we got a month. But Carrie Lake has said that the election was stolen or something pretty close to it. She's pretty, you know, she's like the female Trump or something who's, except she's not crazy and she's super well-spoken. But Biden has been staying away from politicians for governor. Like, having them next to you on the stage is not going to help your chances, is the thought. And so the question is, is having Trump on this, next to you on the stage going to help you? And obviously, Trump, as I said before, Trump is crazy. You can't stop him. He's like, look at me. Hey, 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 look at me. And so Carrie Lake had a pretty good answer to this. She's on the stage with him, and she's like, you know, people are saying I should turn my back on Donald Trump because it's not good for my election chances. She's like, if I turn my back on him, it'd, you know, how would you know I wouldn't turn my back on you, dear voter? And I guess she gave him a hug. And I'll tell you what, she's also, I mean, I think she's older than me. And she's about my age. Anyway, she's attractive. As politicians go, she's very attractive. She was a n- local newscast lady for 27 years. And so I'm voting Republican for the first time ever for Oregon governor this year. And, you know, my entire life, I always hated Republicans. But uh, the last Oregon governor, she's not up for re-election. I wish she was so I could vote her down. But, you know, she just she just made a whole bunch of false accusations of racism against America. The end result of that was riling up black people so that they killed each other to the tune of, you know, an extra 10,000 murders a year. Or, sorry, since then. Since George Floyd... 
And so I'm voting Republican for governor in Oregon this year. And then I'm also rooting for the Republican in New York. And I'm rooting for the Republican in Arizona. And, you know, what? She's an election denier. That's a threat to democracy. I think the only threat to democracy that's going on in America is wokeness, where all the mainstream media has become a bunch of liars ever since Trump got elected and whatever. They're thinking, you know, occasionally telling the truth since Biden got in, but they're still really a bunch of liars, you know, including lies by omission, etc. But I was trying to decide, do I want Republicans to get in control of the House of Representatives? And do I want the Republicans to get in control of the Senate? And I'm not sure on those two. I mean, I think where I am, my vote doesn't matter either way on those two questions. But still, it was just a question I was asking myself. I was trying to decide. And so, like, first off, I want Ron DeSantis to be the next president. But I don't want Trump. I, I, I take Biden over Trump. Again, just like I voted last time. Even though I don't like Biden for shit anymore. And so, if the House of Representatives goes Republican, which it looks like it will... That's probably going to be bad for the Republican candidate for president. I mean, like, we'll see, but I think the House of Representatives is the uh, House of Reps, the House, we'll call it the House. The House gets to decide if they want to impeach a president. And so after Trump got impeached twice, I mean, I think, whatever, the bottle's been uncorked. And so if the House goes Republican, they're going to be impeaching Biden, who knows what. You know, how many times can you impeach someone? Maybe you can impeach them. Well, I guess you have to wait for the Senate to not convict. So, however long it takes the Senate to not convict someone, you can impeach, you can, and then you can just start another impeachment. And so, a whole bunch of impeachments in a row is not going to make people fond of Ron DeSantis. On the other hand, if you're in control of the House, I think, or the Senate, if you're in control of either one of them, you can do. Um, commissions like this horseshit January 6th commission where they haven't they haven't discovered a single thing there was a riot you know like uh hey answer is there was a riot there was not enough cops and the rioters went into the building but they didn't burn it down i mean that's the whole January 6th story in a nutshell plus the democrats supported 570 black lives matter riots and you can't talk about that or else you're a racist but anyways they can investigate i guess they're going to investigate the hunter biden laptop Maybe. And that's not something I'm interested in. Even if Hunter Biden was taking money from China to c try and convince his dad to do something, I really, I still really don't care about that. I don't think it amounts to anything. On the other hand, if they could get, like, all the, you know, Facebook and Twitter and New York Times, whatever, if they, if they could get all the people, all the mainstream media and big tech people to come up there and say that, yeah, they lied. They're, they're a bunch of, yes, I lied. I'm a liar. My company is full of liars. We're all a bunch of liars. We're lying right now and trying to control the mind of the American public to get them to think woke things. I would I would enjoy that, but I don't I don't think the Republicans have the smarts to do it that way. And then the Senate basically if I think from now on, you know, after uh, whatever Scalia died and they didn't let Obama replace him, the Senate is going to be, if, if you know, if the President and the Senate are not of the same party, then you can't put any more judges, federal judges in, period. And it doesn't really affect the Supreme Court, because that's six to three conservative, so 
you know, even one, even a change of one person wouldn't change that. But the question, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I want no more judges put in. I don't, I don't know if I want conservative judges. Let's put it that way. I don't know if I want Republican judges. So I don't know what I want with the Senate. I mean, I don't want woke judges, but I also don't want, you know, judges, you know, conservative judges. What they really do is they just screw over you know, the middle class in support of the rich. And so I don't want that either. So that's a tricky one. Okay. I'm glad, okay, I figured out what I wanted. So it's the opposite of what's going to happen. But I think, I think I'd rather ha- keep the House as Democrats because the Republicans in the House, they're a little too crazy. And then I'd like the Republicans to take over the Senate because then they could do the investigating. But... It wouldn't be that insane, and we wouldn't have to do just one impeachment after another. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. Bullshit! They are not owed that. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast, and thanks for listening.